Are you a technician who wants to set yourself apart? Then the Trusted Technician Podcast is for you. I'm Derek Hofrichter, coach and trainer at SBE. And on this podcast, we will have experienced HVAC coaches and trainers, as well as top performing technicians, all sharing their tips and strategies to help you be more successful. This is the Trusted Technician Podcast. This is Coach Derek at SBE. Today, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona at the George Brazil, Patrick Riley, Isley's offices, and I'm here with Curtis. Curtis, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Curtis, to get started, how'd you get into doing this? Why are you an HVAC tech? Well, about 10, 11 years ago, I went through a divorce and I was needing better employment. My whole world was changing and there was a friend of a friend and he was doing HVAC and this guy was making like $12,000 a month. I'm like, that's crazy. If he can do it, I know I can do it. And it was over at a company here in town and I went over and interviewed and they pushed on, hey, this is really more, you know, sales. You need to be able to have technical skills. But and I was like, well, I can sell. And so I went to work and it was pretty amazing the things that happened. And so I got real serious and started taking classes and getting trained up. And here I am today. So how was it learning the mechanical side? What was that like? How long did that take? I'm still learning that. <laughs> I'm very strong at sales and I still, you know, have to make a phone call here and there, but I've definitely elevated and I, I did heat pump classes at the beginning of this year. So I'm always trying to better myself, not only in sales, but technically. So you, you made a career change, but were you in sales before? Did you have a sales type? So of I had my own flooring business for okay. over a decade. And I did a lot of estimates and sold a lot of jobs on my own. Okay. And I've always been into selling stuff ever since I've been in grade school. And so that's always been something I've attracted to is selling stuff. And so anything to do with it, I've always kind of mingled around. Okay. Yeah. So comfortable with numbers and pricing and homeowners having a what? It costs how much oh, yeah. type of reaction? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's my comfort zone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you've been in a service tech then you said for about how long? I started in about 2012. Okay. So 11 ish mm -hmm. years kind of walk me through uh, from a revenue standpoint, because last year, what was your revenue? Uh, you 2,368,000. Okay. So a really good year, but sort of walk me through the evolution of how you got to over 2.3. Was it gradual? Was it a struggle and then like a big jump or did you immediately start doing the numbers? The price tags have gone up. And so for me, I kind of feel like a $2 million tech today is kind of what a million dollar tech was, you know, when I started the okay. business because the prices have doubled. So to me, 2 million is kind of like the new 1 million. So that's kind of how I look at it. So for me, I'm like, well, I know I can do more than a million. Okay. Uh, I like that. And. We were talking earlier, you have a pretty lofty goal this year. <laughs> well, tell me what the goal is and then tell me what the thinking is behind that. So I kind of, I got started a little late this year. I started at the end of January. I had some things that were going on in the beginning. And so I got a little bit of a late start, but my theory was a million a quarter. And so I'm a little bit behind that, but you always do fatter in the, in the two middle quarters. So I know I'll make that up, but I'm going for, I'm gunning for a million dollar summer month. And four million for the for the four year. million. That's the first person on this podcast mm -hmm. to say the four <laughs> number followed by million as the goal. Even with the late start, though, your pace is pretty good. Yeah, I'm confident. It's in the sights, and it's definitely very achievable. Yeah. I just gotta 
stay focused. All right. Keep my so mindset right. We're, we're putting the rest of the, the top 10, top 100 <laughs> rankings on notice here that we've got someone going for the four. <laughs> How are you going to do it? What's going to be the strategy for doing it? I just continuing to be 100% on every call. I don't care if it's one that can sell or one that can't. Every customer needs something. And if you're always there for your customer and you don't shortchange the process, everything falls in place. Even to do over 2 million, but especially to do 4 million, you really can't have any slumps. Right. Right? Yeah. You got to keep it moving. <laughs> yeah. And so how do you avoid slumps? I meditate a lot in the mornings. I read a lot. I, I don't listen to radio news or whatever. I'm very focused on my goal, probably to a fault at points. I'm sure my poor wife, I'm grateful that she's patient with me, but I really make it my goal to always start the day off right. And, you know, I always go on a walk with the dogs and just start everything nice and slow. And I just take it one call at a time. Once, you know, I eat the elephant one bite at a time. So are you very routine driven? Very, very, very routine. I'm OCD. <laughs> okay. There's usually some correlation or actually a lot of correlation between success and routines. Right. Because if something works, keep repeating it. Is right. that kind of your thought? Absolutely. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Okay. So your personal life, you've got routines. Correct. And then you translate that over and your calls probably have a fairly consistent routine. Correct. Then walk me through your being dispatched out to a call. What's your routine? The first thing I do is I give the customer about a half hour heads up, unless they request some more in the, in the notes, let them know that I'm on my way and I show up, I try to clock in before I get there. So that way, when I get there, I'm getting out of my van immediately, letting the customer know, Hey, it's time to get to work. I go around to the side of the van. I grab my red rug, go up to the front door and I lay my rug down, ring the doorbell as I'm putting my booties on. Every time, every, no matter what, every time, even when it's 120 yes. degrees and it's the end of the day. Yes. Now this is just recently, you know, I struggled with that. I got a total knee replacement and all that, but I look at it like this. It, it, it all matters from the minute you pull up. I, I have to wash my van every week. I got to have a shiny van. All these things are very important. My wife just shakes her head because that's just how it is though. You got to show up with the clean van, show up professional, courteous, always hundred percent customer service. And it's not just, I'm here to take care of your air conditioner. I have an elderly customer that can't reach a bulb or change the battery in her. I really care. Yeah. And it's about human connection. And when you can really make a human connection, that's when that whole trusted advisor process really comes into key because they trust you. Yeah. I really am appreciating talking about a consistent routine as a coach, right on the coaching side, oftentimes I'm trying to help diagnose why somebody is slumping. Right. And one of the first questions I'll ask is. Are you still putting out the carpet? Right. And if they say no, I already know that's probably not the only thing they're skipping. Right. The process, process is broken. Yeah. Right? And it doesn't work right when you serve taking out chunks. Yeah. Okay. So no matter what, boom, 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 boom. You've got your steps. The homeowner opens the door. Correct. Now what happens? I greet them. How you doing? Great. Great. And it depends. Every customer is different. So you got to mirror them and kind of follow their lead but yet make sure that you are in the lead. So it's kind of tricky, but I greet them and I'm always courteous. I usually get them to laugh some way or somehow, depending on what, what the atmosphere holds. I get them involved. The thing is, is you got to start from the very beginning. You got to have engagement. If you don't have engagement, nothing can happen. So from the very beginning, I'm asking questions, even if it's not about HVAC, just getting to know my customer, getting that connection going. Cause then once you get that going, the engagement about why I'm here 
really comes in full play. When you have that customer that's resisting you, mm -hmm. either because that's just their personality or they're viewing this as like a, a bit of a, a battle, right? They right. know that you're going to try to sell them something. Right. So they're already like not giving you right. anything, w regardless of why they're resisting engaging with you. What are your tips or like golden questions? Absolutely. Or I ask them how things are going and I let them share how they're feeling about the system. Does it worry you? You know, and if it worries them, then they're concerned and you got emotions going. When you got emotions going, that's when you can really get to the core of what is it that you would really like? Because everyone would like to have, you know, 100% everything, the recommendations, but it's always scary because of money and everything mm -hmm. going on. So you just got to calm them down. Hey, it's okay. Mirroring them and helping calm everything down at the time is really what makes it happen. That's good. What you're talking about is something we refer to as the, the nurturing parent ego mm -hmm. state. Have you heard that before? Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you're envisioning? It, it, it is. And again, you have to mirror them because sometimes you have very strong father-like figures and you got to let them take control and let them have it and throw some ideas. And then they start to use them as their ideas because they want to be knowledgeable in what I'm trying to tell them. And so again, you got to mirror the customer and that's why every situation is a little different, but it's not. So before, you know, obviously at some point you're going to kind of transition and start testing the system and doing measurements and kind of getting to work before you kind of cross that line and, you know, go to work. Are there specific things that you want to know? Like, is there specific info? Absolutely. Like what? I do a lot of maintenances. I'm a selling technician, so I do maintenances as well as, you know, I'm able to sell. And so for me, we need to see what's going on with this system. And I'm very thorough. I take everything apart, even those coils that are pookied shut and you got to, you know, cut them open. I do that. That's very important for the customer to see because you got to put the work in. If they just see you yeah, in 20 minutes and you're talking about doing all these repairs, they're kind of like, hmm. But if you actually have the videos and you're showing the videos and you're doing all these things and showing them, taking off for depth tests and sills, are you taking the vents off and truly showing them? I educate them because once they really, truly know what's going on, then they can reason with you to say, okay, these are things that can occur if we leave it and we can leave it, but just know this is, you know, the consequences of doing that or being proactive, we can save things and it's a lot cheaper. So really, however you'd like to handle it. And once they can reason with that, then they usually come around to the right decision. So involvement and engagement, interaction, mm -hmm. that's part of your process. So. And they really need to understand because I always say the confused mind will always say no. So when I go through everything, I explain it very well. And anyone that knows me, I like to talk, but then the customer understands. And when they understand and they have, Hey, this, this, or this, you know, with everything organized, ready to go, they can make a decision, you know, Hey, this is everything you have. This is how much it costs. If you'd like to finance it, this is your payment. It's simple. I like that. The confused mind will always say no. Because mm -hmm. people don't want to make a mistake. Correct. And if there is confusion, they want to think about it. Because the likelihood is strong that you're going to make a mistake. That's what pushes them into, I want to think about it. So you got to simplify things down. Correct. So, you know, as kind of a joke, right? You kind of mentioned you're still learning the mechanical side. Right. But for the homeowners, though, they don't know any of the mechanical side. So do you, do you actually think that's to your benefit, maybe, of being able to describe things in more, like, other terms? I'm or, sure. Yeah. So give, can you give me some examples of maybe how you would describe a very mechanical problem to a homeowner, what your approach I, is? I do use a lot of different analogies, but, you know, going into the health side of it, I sell a lot of my systems with duct test seals and cleans. 
as well as indoor air quality. I mean, anything that they can pretty much buy, we put it on the ticket because look, it's a low monthly payment. You might as well get everything done. And so, you know, that's kind of by doing that, putting it all together and simplifying it, it makes it easier. Yeah. So absolutely. So you obviously sell a lot of systems, right? To get, and to get to the numbers and the goals that you're talking about, what percent would you say opt to go down the, the financing or the monthly payment? Probably about 90% of my, eh, about 90%. And why is that? Is it because like they just literally don't have the money for a new system or is it because they see a benefit? I have both. Okay. I have the customer that has the money and can give me a credit card or a check right now. They like the 0% option. They like to keep that capital and just do monthly disbursements of it. And then I have the other customer that, no, they don't have the money and a monthly payment that's smaller for them to afford until they can get the money. So do you then find out what you're dealing with? Absolutely. How do you find that out? When I'm driving up to a call, I'm like the Terminator. I have all these things going through. I'm looking at their yard. Is their yard nice and maintained? No, we've got weeds. That kind of, those are things, key indicators of what kind of a customer am I going to have? Am I going to have one that can do zero interest options or am I going to have one that's probably going to need to finance? So I kind of start viewing those things and that might be what they say, don't prejudge your call, but it just kind of puts me into where I'm at in the mind frame. Those are things that I look for. And then I bring up financing often because mm -hmm. if, I try to get my customers to finance really fast, right in the very beginning. Let's run financing and see where we're at. Because if you can do that, you're starting that buying process in their head. So if they know they already have the money and they, all they got to do is say yes, all their problems go away when you simplify it. Yeah. You know, I think it's just human to do that prejudgment, right? But you're actually using it in a way to help the person. And I feel like for a lot of technicians that I talk to, they do similar, they do the prejudgment, but then they arrive at, well, this person's not going to want to do anything. Right. Not, they're going to want to do things. We just have to f figure out how they're going to pay for it. They go the other way with this of, I'm not even going to try, or I'm just going to burn through this call real quick because this person's probably not going to want to do anything. You, have you seen right. that a lot before? Absolutely. Absolutely. I used to be like that, but my whole mind has just opened up and I'm always trying to think of things in a better way. There's got to be a better way to do it. You know, there's a lot of technicians. Oh, I'm so sick of doing tune-ups. I'm so sick of doing policies. And I always tell them, well, start loving them and then you'll love them. Put me on anything. It doesn't matter to me. I don't care if it's something that can sell or if it's five years old or. Well, speaking of that, you, so you run a lot of maintenance visits. Mm -hmm. And this morning when we were first talking, I even had to like double check with your maintenance agreement average. That's probably the highest one I've ever seen where it looks like year to date, you're somewhere around a $2,500 average ticket on maintenance. Right. How does that happen? financing. Okay. They can never Same afford thing. the suggestions I have. So I just go out of this. If I give them a big lump and everything's taken care of, and here's a small payment, they're going, Hey, this makes sense for five years. I'm done. I don't have to pay. They're not going to ask me every year for money. It's, I got warranties on them now. And so again, simplifying it, but financing is the biggest key. No one has enough money to do all their recommendations, but with financing, that's possible. That's what makes bigger tickets is finance. So to have a $2,500 average ticket on maintenance, that's obviously including, there's going to be a lot of zeros. Correct. Cause they just, the system was working fine. They're pretty set on, nope. I just want you to look at it and, and leave. Right. So that means there's zeros pulling that number down, but then there's obviously big numbers pulling that number up to get to 2,500. What are the things that people are wanting to spend money on, on a maintenance visit when they woke up that morning, 
my guess is they weren't planning on spending any money on I their get system. That. Calling it every, I wasn't planning on spending this much money today. It was just supposed to be a maintenance. Which I already paid for it, right? Yes. So walk us through, what, what are you doing? So I'm very thorough. I check everything out. And once I check everything out, there's a couple of different ways that I do it depending on the customer. So there's different techniques I go about it. The customer that's kind of like, hey, they're not gonna open up their pocketbook, but if I just find like a capacitor out of the condenser, I'll go get that taken care of right now. Hey, you know, I'll go tell them about it or if it's a hard start, get it installed right now. Cause if you can get them to open their wallet, oh, there's a couple things up here in the, then they kind of feel incomplete to not do what was up in the attic. So that way you can kind of keep going and then you just kind of, and then at the end, you can kind of, you know, give them the tally, but they, you tell them as you go along. So that's one way. The other way is to go through and completely check everything out, make videos, keep them in the process, share them the videos along the way. So they know, you know, something's coming and then kind of engage with them and, you know, ask them, did you see the videos and just kind of leave it at that. And, oh, oh yeah, that blower wheel that's dirty. And they'll start asking you, oh yeah, we can definitely go over that. Let me put everything together. And then I'll come back with the whole grocery list and a total and a VIP cost and non-VIP cost and get them a payment with the total. And it's simple that way. Yeah. Fi just figure out a monthly payment that what fits into their budget. Yes. That's, it's always an eye-opening exercise that I'll sometimes go through with techs when we're talking about financing a monthly payment of like, if you just take like how much they're going to spend on Wi-Fi mm -hmm. over the next 10 years, it's like $18,000. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's always just a shock. What? And then it's also, it's kind of like a shock. Wait, I'm going to spend 18,000 over the next, like, yeah. do I need, you know, it makes you rethink what you're doing, but that is the beauty of splitting things into payments Right, is that these huge numbers now become extremely manageable inside of most people's budgets. Right. Because when you see that big number, it almost sees undoable. So when we give them payments, we're basically giving them a bite of it, an elephant at a time. And then everyone can eat a bite at a time. Because no one manages their budget really on a annual big number basis, right? It's Correct. most people are managing their budget on a paycheck to paycheck or a monthly. And if you can give them an option that fits, why wouldn't they Absolutely. take care of that? Especially if you found some foundational things, right? Of high energy bills, the fear of needing a new system, allergy issues, right? Those are the things you're trying to figure out what problem you're solving. Correct. You get to the pain points and then you make it easy to take away the pain. Who doesn't want to get rid of pain? And if it's simple, what the heck? I want my back to quit hurting. All I got to do is go to the chiropractor. Let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. Simplify it and you'll get some results. Well, Curtis, we've talked about a lot of stuff. I'm going to let you go. Before you do, I want to ask you to share, like, imagine there's a lot of technicians listening to this who the things that you're talking about, they might find unbelievable, right? Because th their experiences, lots of no's, homeowners not willing to engage, maybe the majority of their calls, you know, it's just bare minimum type of stuff. What advice would you give to the technician in that scenario? Like where would they even start? Really the most important key to our profession is mindset. Don't not believe that it's not achievable and don't let the last call mess up your next call. Cause a lot of times, you know, we get some good calls with bad calls. It just happens. Well, the thing is, is if we're in a bad mindset or a bad headspace, when we pull up to that next good call, we just wasted it. So you can't waste any opportunity, but you always got to stay persistent. Keep that goal in mind and just know every call is a new opportunity. Yeah. Well, if you're going to do 4 million this year, I think every call is going to need to contribute 
It's very critical. It's very important. Every call. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Curtis. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Trusted Technician Podcast. If you would like to learn more about SBE, you can find us online at sbeodyssey.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would appreciate it if you would leave us a review. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time.